<laughs> Rippo. <laughs> Rippo. <laughs> you know, it was the best is we had uh, when we interviewed Brian McTurnan, he did the yo for us. It was great. Yeah. He did a great job with yeah, it. Yeah, he did a great job. But we are here today with Tim Singer and Jeff Tirabasi from the band Bitter Branches. Um, so this is a little special episode for us because while the band is not on Revelation, the members have put in a lot of time in the scene, whether directly with Revelation, with Tim, with Kiss It Goodbye, and just doing a boiling point and design for so many bands, which uh, we're definitely going to talk to him about at some point as well. Um, they uh, are just a rad band, and they have a new record out, a single, that as of you listening to this, you'll be able to pre-order. So I guess first off, Jeff, where will people be able to pre-order this record? Um, good question. I mean, from Equal Vision. So Equal Vision, uh, we partnered up with Equal Vision uh, starting with this record. Um, so I guess the Equal Vision shop um, is the way to buy it. Yeah. yeah through, through the Instagram, through yeah. their website. They'll be doing posts through the Instagram, which I'm sure are out there already <laughs> as this as this airs. Um, we got, yeah, we got a little, we, we got actually today, this afternoon, we got the, um, yeah, we got the, the graphics for everything. So yeah, uh, it'll be through Equal Vision shop, I think it is. But so it's a, it's a, well, I know when Jeff, when we talked about it, you were saying you kind of wanted to give like a throwback to like with the era when we got into this stuff where bands would release a single where it's like an actual single, like a song from the album. And then the, the flip side of the vinyl yeah. will be a song that um, is not on the record, like a true B-side. Yeah. So talk about, so guys, what's what's the A-side? What's the single? Well, yeah, I mean, to go back to like the, the original premise of why we wanted to do that. I mean, you know, I mean, when we grew, even when we were, before we got into hardcore, I mean, when we would buy like whatever, buy, I bought a Kiss single, you know. Yeah. Um, it was it was an actual single record. Now, obviously, everything is a single is just a digital release. And we kind of wanted to do it, you know, hey, let's do it the way that we we did growing up, like a single with a with a B-side that isn't available on the record. Um, that kind of made it a, that was kind of a fun, uh, it was kind of a fun exercise to figure out what song was not going to be on the record, on the, on the LP. But um, yeah, so the song is called, the single is called Along Came a Bastard. Um, it's the, you know, I guess the first, uh, Tim can speak better to this, but it was kind of, you know, the ACAB acronym and we just didn't want it to be all cops or bastards. We wanted it to be something else. So, um, yeah, um, that was, yeah. So that's the song that we, we, we kind of knew like that that song was going to be the single just okay. from the very beginning. Would you agree with that, Tim? The way that it kind of transpired the way that we started to write it obviously policing stuff like that was top of mind i didn't want to write another fuck the cops kind of song but uh, certain thoughts couldn't escape my head um and more about like we're in this vicious cycle of police brutality press conferences apologies things are getting better yada 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 and mm -hmm. to me it's more like this is a system that's been in place for before you we were born and this is not 
Oh, a couple of bad cops. It's the flip, right? Good cops are the exception. It's not like there aren't any, there aren't, it's not like there aren't people who go in with noble intentions, but it's, to me, it's like the Catholic church or any other institution, you know, sorry for all you Catholics out there, but it's about the institution of policing in America, right? Um, that you can enter it and by definition, in a way, you're joining this group that acts collectively like bastards in a way. Um, so that, that's more than what the song is about. Um, but, you know, the, the other interesting thing is it's just that song, just like we wrote 11 or 12 songs uh, since the last record. We've just been like a machine. And that song just felt like the song in a, in a, in a single kind of way, I guess, if we're thinking in terms of singles. Um, and it's really interesting because Jeff actually wrote the song first as, as, a, as a drum beat. Um, so I, that, that was a really sort of interesting approach to the song. Right before. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, you know, and then we were like, you know, when we decided to work with Equal Vision, which was just some beautiful synergy there because Dan is already... Um, someone who's like you know, contributed to Bandcamp and supported us in that way, Dan from Equal Vision. Um, so he's already a fan. So it was a fan. I don't, that, that overstates it, but he's already a kindred spirit and already, you know, he knew who we were and he was already appreciating what we were doing. Um, so that, that just sort of came about sort of very, in a very natural organic kind of way. Um, so that felt really good. And then my thing is like, um, I was on Sub Pop for a hot minute to be on the singles um, re release. I don't even know if you guys know this story. Um, what, Do the tell. Which on Rev was supposed to be put out by Sub Pop, but when Kiss Goodbye disbanded, Sub Pop didn't want to do it, so Rev put it out. So I still have the contract. Like to me, it was like a dream, you know, to be uh, to be label mates with Nirvana, Soundgarden, Mudhoney, etc. Um, just to check that box in my musical, like to me, like. Playing CBGBs was a check the box thing. Playing the Antax was a check the box thing. You know, stuff like that. Um, a sub pop single of the month kind of concept, which they were reviving back then. So this single for EVR is a tip of the hat to that. Um, and also our just our love of singles and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And record collecting and the whole thing. And, and a lot of this will make sense when you actually see the visuals for the record. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had the pleasure of seeing the uh, single, and it looks awesome. Like yeah, it really it does, look, does look like, like it looks like the sub pop. You know that. Yeah. We and when we, we we pitched it to Dan, he's like, I love it. You know, and he's like, you know, if he wanted to 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 run it by, uh, um, you Steve. know, to run it by Steve um, and Kate. They're like, yeah, it's 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 cool. Let's do it. Yeah. So, yeah. It was it was cool, and I mean, yeah, and like writing the song. I mean, like. The song, you know, when you hear the song, it just starts off with these, and it's it's kind of funny because like there's a story about this whole thing. Like when we wrote this record, you know, we we had no shows that we could play because of COVID, and we just put we just put our heads down and we were like, "Fuck it!" Like we're just gonna do, we're just gonna write, 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 write. Um, and Matt and I, kind of Matt, our guitar player, and I, kind of like gave each other like, "Okay, this is our goal. We want to have this goal by this date." This is how many songs we want to have, and we and then we, you know, diligently work toward it. But then this one song, it's kind of funny the way the drums start. It's like this tribal drum set or tribal drum sound, and where we where we practice, 
you know, Tim took this one video of him coming from, it's this big metal shop in North Philly. And he's coming from the entrance all the way to the, to the room where we practice. And he's like filming it. And then when he showed me that, it was just like, it just kind of, that was just, it kind of, kind of resonated. Like, man, there's something about this song. that's just like too cool to not be the initial blast of, of what this madness is all about. And then Matt, a good point. Like, he's like, you know, this being the first song, it's kind of just like, yep, strap it, strap it on. Cause this is where, this is where these guys, this is where this record's going to take you. <laughs> you know, <it's> yeah. <laughs> and then there's no coming back. So, and it, it really, it's, 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 it's just been such an enjoyable experience with doing this with everybody. It's just been so fucking fun. So and it, it like, you know, I know the band, it was kind of like, you know, it may seem like you guys kind of popped up out of nowhere, but you know, knowing you, Jeff, personally, I know that musically, I guess we, we want to talk a little bit about the formation of the band. Okay. So I know musically you got together with, uh, I guess everybody that played instruments on the record and you were trying a couple singers. Yeah. So like, um, the, the music part of it, it's, you know, it's, that's the origin story. And then Tim can kind of go into like how he came into the, to the mix, but like, <laughs> which is, you know, just a modern day love story, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, so like, you know, uh, three of the guys at the time, all of our kids were in the same preschool. So Brian, uh, the bass, the original bass player, um, he's still the bass player until further notice, but, um, that's another story. Um, so, but yeah, he, um, him, his son and my daughter were in the same class. We just, you know, we knew that we knew each other. Like I knew that he was in go for the throat and, and other bands. And, um, he knew that I was in walleye, you know, we were, we'd always talk and we'd see each other. And then this other Matt was his, his son was in the, the class right below our, our, our kids. And, um, you know, uh, we just decided to get to, we were, we, we were like, yeah, you know, we all used to play in bands. We should get together and talk about playing in a band. And then Brian got this, you know, the, uh, the second guitar player, Kevin, who we, he we'd known from, from the past, we all got together and just started playing music and we kind of didn't know where it was going to go. Like we kind of had like, everybody has all these ideas of what we wanted to do. And, and honestly, if you listen to the first demo, it sounds more like verbal assault meets discord, like, you know, like Dag nasty era discord. Um, and it yeah. just kind of like, we, we didn't know where we were going, but we had to write six songs in order to find a singer because we didn't have a singer. So we recorded these songs. We recorded them with, uh, Matt's neighbor at this little space, um, in Germantown. And then, um, yeah. And then we kind of went through the process of finding our singer. Um, I had a short list and Tim was at the top of the short list and then he can kind of go into how we brought him into it. Yeah, so it's funny because this will dovetail um, with the side-by-side podcast yeah, yeah. you guys That's did. Because um, uh, it was funny listening to you guys talk to Jules. I'm like, man, it's, it's, it's so funny to listen to an hour of talking about 12 minutes of music. Because <laughs> Jules has that gift of gab. And it brought me back to... Like I was, at, I saw side by side probably four or five times, and he he was. I always was like the funny thing is I was always a fan of guys talking on stage. Like I love that about No for an Answer. I love that about Ray. I love 
like I always just sort of love that, even though I'm a man of very few words on stage. But uh, I was at um, the Alone in the Crowd show at the church, the church in Philly, which is like this iconic club for shows for people who don't live in Philly. Um, and it was that benefit for Howie. And like I'm there, uh, you know, this retired hardcore guy who doesn't go to shows and stuff like that. Um, sort of venturing out because Howie's an old friend and Jules is an old friend and I got to chat with him for like a hot minute but I'm also the, the time I'm there and I, I keep getting texts from my daughter my oldest daughter who's now 20 but at the time she's like 16 17 senior I think she might have been a senior in high school she's like I'm at you know um, her. she's at her teacher's birthday party her teacher was having a birthday party for his little kid this teacher happens to be neighbors with Jeff. So Jeff's kid is also at this birthday party, which means Jeff is at this birthday party. So Jeff saw Stella and was like, are you Tim Singer's kid? You know, she's like, yeah, you know, next that thing I was texting you. <laughs> that sounds like Jeff. Jeff's got the, Jeff's the, Jeff's the, biz, the, the mover and shaker. Yeah. Oh, totally. Jeff is getting texts from Stella like, Jeff from Walleye or whatever she's texting me wants to meet you. He's at this party. He's friends with Theo, which is the teacher. Theo, it turns out, who's this teacher at my kid's school, saw No Escape a thousand years ago. Oh, wow. So has all, all sorts of punk connections that way. Um, and it's also cool when your kid's favorite teacher is like, oh, I saw your dad's band. Like, it's, they sort of go, huh? You know, like, because I've never yeah. connected them to my music. Um they, they can seek it out, but I've never like made them like, that would be weird. Hey, mm-hmm. this is my band. Um, so I'm getting these texts from Jeff and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. You know? And, and it's basically it, Jeff and I arranged to just like meet up for coffee. And I thought we were just going to like reconnect because uh, we knew each other 30 years ago um, through walleye. I think I know kissing goodbye play with walleye. I think dead guy play with walleye, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we meet for coffee and Jeff's giving me the hard sell and sing for this new band, you know, I, <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. And I had just finished like process black vocals for three songs. And it took me two and a half, three years to do that. And it was like torture. Um, the music was fantastic. It was torture for me. Cause I didn't, I'd go into a studio and try to come up with lyrics for a song and belt it out. And I was so out of practice. Um, so I was sort of discouraged you know, um, and but he just wouldn't take no for an answer, and I think he used some sales technique on me. That's like a thing. Yeah, I went. I went in with the assumed <laughs> close. I'm. The, I'm assuming I'm a closing. I'm assuming I'm going to close this deal. He does sales for a living, so uh, exactly. I, you know he's he's yeah. very good at it. I, I, yeah, I yeah. see. At the at the end of it, I was just like, "Come on, you're going to come in next Tuesday, and then we'll just see what where it goes." And he's like, "Okay, you know." And then so and that jives with how I do things. One step forward, see what happens. Because I'm trying to think of the timeline. Because No Escape had done some shows around 2016, right? Which like, Jeff, I, I mean, we, we we were there. Yeah. Or it leaves our band, Easy Creatures. Yep. Uh, Jeff and I had a band. We played with No yeah, Escape, yeah. and I remember being like, "That was my first time seeing No Escape." Oh wow! And I was like, "Dude, Tim Singer's voice is fucking <laughs> wild!" Like. Yeah. So it's funny that you're saying like you went in and didn't have confidence because I'm like, this guy, it's like riding a bike. Like, I don't know when the last time he sang is, but he just sounds great. 
Like I was yeah. like, I had confidence in my voice. I didn't have confidence that I had it in me uh, to write prolifically and regularly. Like writing, the the singing part for me, singing in quotes, is easy. Give me a couple okay. of weeks to break my throat in. Um, but I care very much about my lyrics. Um, I, and so that to me was like, is the effort. Like, uh, you know, finding that time on your own to get in your space, to really think things through and to me in an intelligent way, an original way, an authentic way, um, a fresh way, hopefully. You know what I mean? Like th- that, that means more to me than anything. Um, especially because like if I'm going to sing this thing over and over again it has to be something that's like a, an idea that I can hang my hat on that I feel other people can maybe also grab onto that I can also riff off of live right where if something comes to me I know what this song is about you know um, and I got that from obsessing with Henry Rollins where he was like each song is an idea Right. And if I know what that idea is, that, yeah. anyway, to get into that headspace was like, there's a lot of rust. Um, you know, No Escape was us playing old songs. And I knew I, that proved to me, oh, I still got it. And I still feel that thing from inside that makes me want to do this. Um, and the reason there's a No Escape record was like, I was like, if we're going to jam, we should write new stuff too. So we're not just being a fucking karaoke band, you know. Um, but no escape is just hard to glue that together too. Like it was like fun and it was, there's no agenda. Um, and, uh, when Jeff approached me, no escape is pretty much on like one of the, like a little hiatus anyway. Like we just, you know, couldn't get into a practice space together anyway. Um, and I was just, the, the demo he sent me was like what he, what he describes, you know, and I'd always wanted to sort of, you know, I really like stretching myself and not, you know, like, I felt like Dead Guy was a departure from No Escape. I felt like Kissing Goodbye was a departure from Dead Guy in certain respects or or even a natural evolution. Um, and Bitter Branches just felt like something I hadn't done, you know, but that, that I that, but was in a lane I love, right, with guys that speak the same language. Um, but but the first demo was a lot more sort of like that dag nasty sort of leaning towards the melodic thing. And I'm like, I don't know if this is what they're looking for. I might really bum them out. You know, like I've been in bands like right before Dead Guys in a band where I really bummed out the guitar player when I started singing because he had no idea what was coming. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like if you don't know what what's coming for me, it's going to, you know, and it's not your thing. It's like that might bum you out. Um and I also, oh. and it, to that respect, at, at that point, when, like, when, when Tim came in, it was just kind of like, okay, we kind of have to reassess what we're doing here, you know, like, and then, because also, like, you know, especially Matt and I, like, Matt and Tim, Matt and, Tim and I kind of have a lot of the, um, you know, we kind of have the, 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 the foundation of a lot of the same interests and in, in bands. Um, and then it was kind of like, wow, now we have the opportunity to, to do what we really have always wanted to do and then right. he, and the first five songs kind of developed that way and while we were working on them and you know that probably allowed him a lot of space to 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 figure out what he wanted to do um and then that really kind of and honestly like the the last song i think was it oil of snakes the last song we did for that ep tim 
that the last one we figured out? Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. And it was kind of just like, wow, this is like a, you know, that kind of like really set the direction for how we were going to go from there. And, it, um, and then after we finished that, we didn't even, and again, it's like with anything, and, and you guys know this, when you go into the, into the studio, you're like, you think you know what it's going to sound like, but when you go into the studio, you finally realize what it really does sound like. And it was just kind of like, oh shit, this is, this is something, you know, <laughs> like this is, right. this is something like, and I wasn't really expecting this, but this is cool. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I remember when you, when you were sending me the original songs yeah. and you were like, yeah, we're going to get Tim Singer. I was like, that's cool, but I, I can't like, you know what I mean? I was like, I can't, I can't hear like how that, like how that would be. And that's not a slight at you, Tim. It's just like, I was just like, cause I'm a fan that's used to like dead guy, no escape, kiss it goodbye. And then when Jeff sent the music for the, what ended up being the, so when they're talking about their EP, uh, they have a record called this may hurt a bit. It's excellent. Uh, from last year on uh, atomic action. And I believe it's, you can still get copies. Um, Then when I heard that music, I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. Cause it's like definitely departure from that, the original stuff you guys had. And there's a lot more room, like a lot more space, I guess, or something. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but there's like, they really did give like, as someone who also tries to sing, they gave you a lot to work with, I feel like, Tim. Like, they really sure. gave you, like, a lot of, like, room to, you know, yeah. experiment and do things that maybe you wouldn't get in a more straightforward thing. Yeah. I, I've been blessed, you know, and Bitter Branches continues that tradition of, like, um, but it's nice when you have a pedigree because, like, I get into the room and, like, if they know, they, they sort of know my history and know, understand where I come from. So that I think they quickly started writing with that in mind, right? Um, and that's, yeah, that, that to me is like the beauty of it, um, which is what I was so difficult about Process Black, right? Because those songs, Aaron Edge, who's a phenomenal songwriter, um, the, the Process Black thing on Death Wish, he sent me these tracks and they were just done. So I was that, that part, that process of, cause I, I, I go to every single practice. I like to have these songs be like muscle memory. Um, I'll riff lyrics, you know, they're never even really done until I'm in the studio and we figure out what take we like, but, um, or what, what tapes we stitch together. Um, but that process is to me, my, my contribution to the songwriting in a way. Um, yeah, and with so, like, not you know, I went to that first practice. I remember kind of going, "I'm just going to belt some shit out over this." So I had a couple of lyrical ideas, whatever, like phrases that I might just riff and do gibberish over, like scat or whatever you want to call it. Um, and quickly, I think, I don't know. I felt I left that first practice kind of feeling better than I thought I would because I thought like you did, like it was like, "Will this work?" You know. Um, I think I quickly understood, like, we all had a shared musical vocabulary. Um, they were way more into random, cool, heavy shit than I thought, than, than I could have assumed from listening to that first demo. Um, and then it just got exciting. So I was like, okay, these aren't, like, you know, Kiss a Goodbye and 
every band I've been in is like talking about metal riffs all the time. Like whether it's Sepultura, Voivod, Slayer, whatever. And now we're like talking about scratch acid and, mm-hmm. you know, laughing hyenas and dazzling Killmen or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, or Susie and the Banshees or public image limitator. Like yeah. just like this, we are like this fucking hodgepodge, but with like knowing we're always going to make it sharp. And yeah. Pointed. And it really, the sound, I mean, you know, like we said, we've had the pleasure of getting to hear the full length because you know, we're talking about a single. Well, obviously a yeah. single is going to precede, uh, you know, some type of <clears throat> full length or EP. Yeah. In your case, it's a full length. And right. it's like, yeah, it's all these sounds that like work so well together. There's a lot of texture. There's a lot of, but there's a lot of heaviness. There's a lot of, um, you know, it's like noisy at times. It just really works. Like I feel like what you did on the first EP hinted towards what this full length is. It's like a fully realized version of the band. Yeah. I think um, like what w- we learned a lot from, especially just not just finding out the, the musical direction, but then how Tim was going to add his element to it in the studio. And then like, you know, me being with Tim during that vocal process, it's, it's interesting how like Mike, uh, Mike Bardsicker recorded both of them. Uh, the EP and the, and the LP did, you know, he knows this very well and he, and he helped, he helped us a lot in figuring out, you know, certain aspects of it. Um, and a lot of it, like we, we did some pre-production with him in a little bit and he's like, he goes, he's telling Tim, he's like more space, you know, more space. And we all, and then like for us, we are like, we got to give Tim more space because Tim needs to get into a ladder to get really, you know, so with this, you know, you've got like a good mix of songs that are, are longer and drawn out that allowed Tim to get really in the lather and then some that are just like, you know, just straight to the point and just like, you know, just like I, for lack of a better term, like riff after riff after riff, but just like, yeah. you know, um, yeah. but yeah, but it, we, we realized quickly, like, you you gotta, you gotta give Tim some space to really build what he's trying to, what he's trying to present. And then, you know, it's li- really like having another instrument. Right. And then you just have to, you can't account for it because you don't know where it's going to go. Right. <laughs> but you just have to be like, okay, well, we know that if we, we have like, we're, this is going to be done 16 times, but maybe it's going to be 36 times because Tim's going to like, he's going to rant and like, and that's okay. You know? Um, so, oh, yeah, yeah. We, cut, we cut out all the parts where I did like falsetto over that acoustic something. <laughs> <laughs> that was my question was, can you walk us through the process of you recording vocals for the single Along Came a Bastard? <laughs> or, um, I mean, all that might have been the first song I recorded for that LP. If I, cause I had that one down because it's so rhythmic and um tribal in a way um i don't know i mean i I sort of go in there the same way with every song where i have my uh, my lyric lyrical sort of guide right so Mm -hmm. like and it's probably twice as many words as end up being in the song and but i and but the nice thing is the song is muscle i learned i learned this like Early No Escape, everything was like, like my vocals, right? Like I learned very robotically, right? Yeah. And that's like, that's youth, 
that's nerves, that's inexperience. Um, and over time, like now I sort of understand, like this is why I like to go to practice and just get these songs, just muscle memory. Cause now I know I can like break off of a song and I know when I can jump back in. Right. Um, so, but that song is like, it's got such a great build and it, it sort of just builds to, and then comes down and ends. But, uh, um, that, that song with every other, I just go in there with like lyrics in mind. Sometimes new lyrics just come out of my mouth in the studio. Um, and I let that happen. I, so I just go in and I just do a full take and then I go in and I do another take and then I do another take and then I come back and I hang out with everybody who just listened to me like flip a lid. Mm -hmm. uh, I try to read the room to see if they thought it was good or not, you know? Um, and I usually, I usually like to just put, comment earlier even in the studio i sort of have to work myself into a ladder um because it's like this weird experience where you're you know you drive to practice you drive to the studio you sit everybody sets up i'm sitting around on a sofa and then all of a sudden it's like your turn and then you go into a room by yourself you know um and so the way we did this too was i'm in a room like an oversized closet and uh I quickly just had them blast the music in the room and I'm screaming. So there's probably there's like, it's a terrible way to record, but it works for me. It creates some challenges. So we might have to taper that back. And so I, I, for me, for my vocals to feel authentic and, and not contrived and as live as possible in a way, um, I just like to hear and feel the music. And so, and then I just, I ha I'm trying to read and sing and, and sing at the same time. And then eventually I stop reading because it's hard to read and be real. Um, and I get a couple takes down and I just keep doing it until I feel like we, we've got something good. Um, that That's sort of how it works. And then uh, Mike works his magic usually in pieces together. Um, okay. And very little, like I'm not a fan of punching in, you know. To yeah, get, yeah. You know it didn't I mean? have like, that feel uh, at all to the vocals. And I wasn't I, sure what, if you we had written the like, lyrics or if they were improv, you know, if it was just pure improvisation in the studio, I wasn't it, sure. So I wanted it's, to ask. It's, it's like the way, real, so it's, it's definitely not punching in unless I really fucked something up because yeah. I hate punching in. So it's, it's more picking different runs. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, like I he, really like how you did the first third of that song, yeah. but like in take six, fuck the way it ended was great. And we'll and we'll make we were making mental notes like we would just we would nod like Mike and I would just nod at each other and be like that's it like and then he would just make a note and then that was you know we he referenced that when we we when he ran everything through and that's when he would piece something in yeah so um, it's very organic and I never know what these songs are really and then then I have to listen to the music to under to know how to sing the songs live which we've never played yeah live. yeah which is yeah. coming up. <laughs> Yeah, for the first time ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it makes it exciting uh, to listen to it when it when you don't know where it's going to go, where the where the lyrics and the vocal pattern is going to go. It makes it exciting to listen to it. And I've listened to the record like I don't know over twenty times, but at the same time, it still seems fresh because it's not it's just like that. Da, 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 yeah, da, da, exactly. Like right, you're right. saying like it's like real, like it's like super tight, but also loose like it definitely like loose, you know like yeah. like the you know it w it would not sound it would not have sounded out of place on like am rep or right, right, sub pop right. and i know that's like kind of you know 
the right. the vibe you guys are going for. Yeah, um, that's good to hear. Because like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I like to honor the music, obviously, and I I, I try not to sing over the whole song, right? Because I, I I love the music, and I, I try to pick where the music can come through. Um, but I try to like be able to like knowingly go on a journey with the song and know where those touch points are where I want to land. If that makes yeah. sense. Um, I feel yeah, like that's human experience, you know. Um, I didn't, yeah, as I didn't far as the music, I mean, we really, um, you know, to, to the AMREP, to the touch and goes, to the, you know, even the Black Flag and, and Discord bands, you know, um, the drum and the bass are really kind of the, we really wanted to go heavy foundation, drum and bass. Um, Drums sound huge on the record. Oh, yeah. And it starts like they out like, with them. They like hit you, right? You know what I mean? Like that it's a huge kind of, yeah, drum sound. That was kind of a big thing. Like, you know, we, because the, the live room at Mike's is great. And I mean, you know, you can't help but get great drum sounds in there. But then also, too, when we were, um, when it came to mixing, like, because it was all done, you know, uh, Kurt Ballou, uh mixed it and the conversations with him, it was, you know, we just, it's just like anything else. You just, you, you reference records that you like, right? And I was like, Jesus Lizard Goat, Young Widows, you know, just mix those. We got it. You know, and it was like, okay. Sane Anger. No. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> Greg, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you say that? Sane Anger. Uh, what is it? Oh, God, dear, oh, I can't, I can't bust on snap cases. I can't make snare drum. I want that snare sound. The, yeah, the best snare drum ever. Uh, the well, Sane Anger what? drum. Everybody, everybody remembers it. <laughs> Del- delete that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was like one of those things where we're like, you know, and I guess to, to that end, like, you know, if you, like oh, Greg, when you were there for the, when we did this, we shot the video a couple of weeks ago and Greg was there and like just the sound in that, in that metal shop, it's just, just humongous, you know? And we, we, we were like, we, we need that. Right. I mean, we want to try to get that as best as we can and, um, you know, kind of added to the, yeah. to the, to the feeling and the, I mean, cause there's a little bit of a darkness to this. Cause I mean, we, it was a dark time when we recorded this whole thing. And I mean, there was, something always in the back of our mind when we were recording this. And obviously it, it's pervasive in the content of the music and the lyrics. And um, yeah, I think we, we're just singing the blues. Job of capturing. Yeah. Tim, do you, how do you, how do you warm up your voice before you, do you even warm up like before show or you just go out and fucking do it? Yeah. Um, That's incredible. <laughs> I don't know how to explain that. Um, it takes like a song to really feel, you know, the, it, it, some of it depends, like, you know, at practice we have it dialed in. So it's like, I can hear myself. Um, the worst is that shows where you can't hear yourself. If you, if you struggle oh, yeah. to hear yourself yeah. and over exert, you know, and then you, then you fuck your voice up. Um, I don't know. I, I don't believe in God, but I feel like it's God's gift to me is, uh, mm-hmm this throat <laughs> i think i have this throat for a reason i don't know i mean this this record has some of your like it's some of your strongest vocal yeah, like I totally you know agree. like someone at like it's not really supposed to be like that but it is which is awesome <laughs> you know what i mean though like it's usually supposed to be like oh man like the early records they sounded so fucking you know like thinking of like metallica like you right, listen to james to hetfield now but this is like yeah, what happens? What do you think happens to people's voices over time that where they lose that 
James Hetfield is just a good example where it happens. They just kind of lose that thing that makes it special. Um, if I had to guess, it's that he's phoning it in. If I had yeah. to guess. Yeah. Right? Um, but that goes back to me caring about the lyrics. And I also know, I also know what I'm good at. You know what I mean? Um, I know what draws me to, to me, there's two different things. There's what draws me to make music and there's what draws me to listen to music. Um, and that's a pretty tight Venn diagram, but I, I listen to a lot of shit that I couldn't sing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. cause I know, I know what my strengths are. <clears throat> um, and I, I, I try to write to my strengths and, um, and I still feel that, you know, I, I don't know if that makes me a very broken individual or something at 52, but, uh, um, yeah, it's funny because I'm like, you know, if I could sing like Eddie Vedder or Lane Staley, I'd be a rich man by now. Cause I've, <laughs> I've been, in, I, I've been with a lot of great musicians, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, my guess is like, you know, in that heavy genre, people start to phone it in, you know, um, that that would be my guess about James Hetfield. I don't know the man. Sorry, James. Um, yeah. yeah, sorry, James. And I know he's listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's gonna be pissed. He's at a me. big. He's a big fan. He did have a straight edge <laughs> tattoo. That's right. For a while. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good point. Um, I think he. I think he broke edge. Though, well, I think. I think it goes along with anything, though. I mean, if you believe in it and you're really feeling it, I mean, it, you're definitely gonna tell the difference between, you know, phoning John, in. Or, John Brandon's still killing it, man. You know, there's still guys out there that. You know, I don't, and to me, it's a, it's almost, I don't know if it's a style. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I feel like some people can just do it. You know, like I feel like John Brandon can do it. Maybe I think he still, I, I feel like it's real from him. I feel like if you can still do it, something about it's real. But you know, I yeah. think sometimes I think people not. think that once you're older, like you shouldn't be angry. But I feel like I'm more angry now oh, as an sure. old man than I was when I was a kid because now I, you know, I've seen shit. I've had to experience shit. I've had to work a job that I fucking hate and have to do all this stuff like that's way more angering than like oh, oh my, yeah. fr- my friend stopped being straight edge or whatever you know. Right, and, was. You're, and you're ushering kids into this, right? right? And you you've had all this time and you still haven't made sense of it, and you've only un- I mean I've only uncovered things that make it worse and um and then you almost re- it becomes a point where you're like and you know what in my lifetime i don't know that a lot of this shit's gonna get figured out right um that's one way of looking at it um so i don't know it's like everything i thought when i was 18 i was right you know what i mean everything that pissed me off is only worse now yeah um we got a bigger problem my now. thing too is like there's this, there's almost like the, the community aspect of it. Like I think about this a lot too, of like just putting, like putting a voice out there that's counter to like the narratives that are put out there. Right. Like, uh, everybody's trying to look like they're the happiest, most put together creatures on earth through their social media and all this shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's the opposite of what gave me solace as a youth. Right. Like, um, or at any age, like I need to know other people are fucking miserable and that I'm not crazy. Right. Like it's a great point. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like there's a real value in that and not enough people are real, you know? Um, 
and sorry if this is a very ugly version of real. Like, I don't go around feeling like screaming like this all day. Same. But, yeah. That's what yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to interject that too. Like <laughs> I'm not all doom and gloom, but reality is like, you know, I was thinking about this. I was talking about it with somebody literally today. You know, if we want to talk social media, how it's just like you look and there was an instance where, you know, somebody whose life seems so wonderful and so amazing. And then you, you find out like, oh no, they're, their life is shit. Like this is, this is what's going on this, that, and the other. But you know, if they're not real, you just look and you're like, Oh, this person's living their best life. And um, I kind of like to have that balance. Like I love to see, you know, my friends succeeding and doing things, but it's also nice to have somebody say like, dude, man, th- th- this last year has really messed with my mental health and I need help. I need somebody to talk to. And then to be able to talk to somebody and say, Hey, I've been there. Right. Um, I think that gets lost when, when everything's a highlight reel. Yeah. You know, and I still get people reaching out to me all the time saying like, this record got me through this or, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, that's, Oh yeah. That's who I was growing up listening to music. Right. Like, so like it's part of the continuum. Your, your voice kind of taps into, it kind of taps into something that people have in them. That's just this, anger the best way i can describe it is kind of like when you see falling down and you're just thinking fuck yes you know i just want to kill these motherfuckers sometimes <laughs> or like i was gonna do it lighter and say like office space when they're okay fine, <laughs> fine. Yeah, fine. maybe let's just say office space <laughs> <laughs> jason's gonna be on the fucking fbi watch list now <laughs> this took a turn <laughs> but I'm a overall happy person, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you go to a show and you're in the moment and sometimes you get to that place where you're just primal. That's the right word. Primal think, is the correct word. Yeah. There you go. It's just better like than the, I want to kill every motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I know what you mean. It does. It taps into this, like, like you're just like, man, I want to fucking like, I want to recreate the cover of damaged, you know, it's like, just like look, look For in the sure. mirror and just punch the fucking mirror right. and get bloody and get dirty like that's kind of what the vibe that you yeah. get from listening to this, um, you know, your stuff and, and the, the bitter branches, this LP. Um, that's, that's, that's Greg, that, that. That's going to go on the sticker. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, <laughs> I mean, that's just like, I mean, cause like, I mean, think of it like 15 year old Jeff, like listening to that in his room. And then now at 50 and being able to, you know, elicit that response from someone is pretty, pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, so I guess we'll talk the LP. So the single that people can pre-order now. Yep. Equal vision. We'll put, we'll pop a link up with the to, shirt. With the shirt. Um, yeah. There's a, the shirt is available. There's, yeah, the shirt and, and the single are, um, yeah. um I, and I think equal vision usually goes through merch now, I believe, right. They use merch yep. now. So it'll probably be merch now. Um, the LP we've already spoiled. It's done. We've heard it. What's when does that? Uh, when can people look to start having that? Uh, being able um, to. I'm not sure if the date is, you know, what the specific date is, but I just know it's early October, so it's first or second okay. week. Okay. Yeah, and the plan. Oh, is, cool. Yeah, because we've got, and it, it kind of the plan was to, you know, two months before that came out, we were going to do the single. So, um, timing wise, that makes sense. So yeah, there's um, ten songs on that. Um, that'll be out on you know all 
all the same, you know, all formats. Um, Are you going to do cassettes? They're going to do cassettes. They're going to do the Javier cassettes for you. We've actually had a couple people asking like, Oh, whatever you do next, you know, can we put out cassettes? I'm like, like, I think they want to, you know, I I think we got to keep it all. (laughs) I can't, I can't say who that's going to be, but I like, it's going to, you know, we, but which is cool. I mean, like, we, we got a lot of people that are really supportive of us and it's been awesome. So, yeah, so, yeah without, so having, without being able to play a show, you know, since the inception of this band and the response that we've gotten has been really, really encouraging and just, yeah, that we really appreciate it. I was going to say October means that you're going to have the record out before the fest in Florida and then before the show with Be Well in D.C., Correct. Okay. And then and hopefully DeSantis doesn't fuck everything up. Uh, <laughs> he's doing his damnedest to fuck that state poorly. But anyway. Yeah. That's another, and, that's another matter. And then We're today fine. I saw the verbal assault show was yeah. announced yeah, too. So we kind of like, that's been going back. Like We kind of like, they were, yeah, I think last year was supposed to happen. Um, we had talked, I mean, because, you know, being on Atomic Action, we talked to Brian quite a bit. But um, yeah, um, that's going to be, what is that, September 18th? Yeah. Rhode Island, uh, their first show in 30 years. Um, we have the honor to play with them there, which is going to be pretty killer. Did you see them back back then? I never did. I was really into them, but like I never got to see them live. Um, I had the, I had, I had trial and, 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 um, and, uh, the X, the XL seven inch, but I never had, um, I never got to see him. I know Tim's going to say, Oh, I saw him 25 times. I think no? I saw him at CB's. Then he even reminded me that they played CB's to like a half crowd because, and I think breakdown headlined. Oh, that's right. You even talk weird about. bill. That's kind of a weird, but cool bill. I have a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was back when like a band of the demo would headline CB's if they were from New York. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm I'm really excited to, open, you know? to see uh you know like see what that's like what they're like now and um, yeah. you know Pete is an incredible guitar player like the stuff that he plays is just oh, so totally. sick. Um yeah. and I'd actually talked to Yeeman about that too. I'm like he was an influence on your playing wasn't he? He was like oh yeah, he was definitely one of them. Like he just has a awesome style. Yeah. And yeah, Matt, our guitar player is a huge fan. Like we go to this I thing. Think, I think that's a that, that's. I think he's just they're they're very underrated. You yeah. Know, as far as as far as what they the music that they created, um, it was just and that's what really did it for me. I was like, man, nothing sounds like this. If they're <laughs> from New York City, they would you know it'd be a whole other ball game. Yeah, because it's like melodic. It's actually and it's kind of funny. It's like melodic music, but the vocals are a lot harder than usually that kind of. Um, music would have and it works so well yeah, yeah I mean, it's a little it's, bit like the first egg nasty record with smally right that sort of tough melodic yeah that i, that I love um verbal yeah. stall first egg nasty record like there's not a whole lot of melodic quote-unquote hardcore that i liked back then but um verbal assault it, definitely. like the, the i mean anger build an anger battery i mean that's just the, yeah i mean that's awesome i mean yeah so it's awesome that you guys you know will get to play that and it's cool to atomic action reissued trial so Mm -hmm. like now people can actually hear it because for a long time it was just like 
super out of print. Yeah. And then, yeah, because that's right on the heels. I guess the um, On and, and Exile are coming out right around that same time. Yeah. Um, so it's a 12 inch. So yeah, they were practicing, I guess a couple of weeks ago, Pete was out here. They did uh, a few days of practice. Um, the band, I guess had been practicing without him. Um, but then he came out and then from what I understand, and then, um, you know, we, we communicated and he's like, he was pretty excited. So, um, it'll be, it'll be really, and cool. it's not the guys from belly in it, right? Like the, yeah, I think it's all, all section. I think it's all OG guys, I think, but, uh, nice. I, I think we're going to do a duet. That might be kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> it would be cool actually. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, so you guys got a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we've got like seven, seven shows, I think set up. And I mean, you know, with, which, um, yeah, I mean, again, we got to be kind of hesitant to see what's going to happen in the future, but yeah, yeah, like it's very, you know, it's a very, it's such a, it's such a time sensitive thing because I feel like if we had this conversation five or six weeks ago, right, like yeah, we got seven shows, it's going to be, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and now it's like not, and you know, uh, sometimes I hate to like date things, but I guess since we're, you know, because this yeah. will date where we're at, but. That's right. that's what it is. What it is, and you know, we're talking about your single that comes out today. So anybody listening can do the math as to what date this is. Yeah, and then I recorded. guess when this comes out, I guess this week, this this weekend, which will be next weekend, you know, for where we are now. <laughs> right, uh, Saturday we're playing uh, Brian from Atomic Actions Farm with Wrong War, who um, uh, is um, Matt Weeks from Council Records, and he was in a band Calvary with Matt, our guitar player. He was also in current. No, it wasn't in current. He was in. A, I can't remember. I'm gonna. My memory is not as what it used to be. But um, we knew each other from back in the day in Detroit. We played together. Um, yeah, back in mid '90s. Um, so it's cool that he's playing back again. And Matt was actually in a band with a guy that I knew back when I was playing bands and 20 years ago. But they're playing uh, that night and then the next night, uh, Sunday night at Creep Records with School Drugs um, and Wrong War and Us. Um, at Creep Records, and then get in the Verbal Assault show, and then we're playing with uh, All Us Failed and Boy Sets Fire and in right. Garwood, New Jersey. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then the Fest in Florida. Yeah, the yeah. Fest in Florida, which will be. And then, like, as if yeah. that couldn't be busy enough. And I'll be there at that show. That's the show right. No Man's Playing. Oh yeah, Tim. Uh, or yeah, Tim. Jason will be at the. I'm selling place. merch at that sh- at that awesome. show at the venue earlier, but I'm going to come back later. And oh, wait, it's the same show, right? The same, the same bill. It's the same show, but the way that it works is the the shows kind of break up into different sections almost, where so, bands come in with merch, and I'll okay. be one of those bands coming in with merch earlier, and then you guys are playing, I think, before Asshole Parade on the later right. side. So I'll probably yeah. come back and cool. I'll be able to see you guys. So I'm excited about that. Um. And then, we'll like, we'll as, as if that wasn't... You can come up there. What is that? We'll play a Cloak and Dagger song. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, as, as if as if you're not busy enough, then Tim, oh, yeah. I saw you got some dead guy stuff. Oh, that's right. Which I didn't, you know, that's yeah. something I didn't think I'd be saying, right? Like September 25th, I believe, yeah. In Philly, and then I saw West Coast announced. LA, December 10th or 11th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now is that more just like a like you said like kind of like with no escape where it was like hey we're having fun we're playing these old songs yeah i mean we got together because there's a documentary coming out um 
which is also going to premiere in Philly like that weekend. Um, yeah, so the five of us from Fixation, from, from the Fixation recording, from the, the Fixation era, I guess, um, you know, we're in a room together for the first time in 25 years or whatever it was. Um, nobody wanted to kill each other, so that was kind of nice. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We talked – I. I don't even, it sort of just happened organically and decibels always been sort of a friend of the band's decibel magazine slash best producers. Um, so I think we, yeah, we agreed to do this decibel fest and that was supposed to be over a year ago. Like that was like, it just kept being announced and delayed and announced and delayed, at least to me, like even I was privy to like dates that they were proposing not publicly. Right. So it's been like a year and a half in the making or something like that. Um, and we've been, uh, just sort of, we haven't practiced at all. We're starting to practice, I think, this weekend. Okay. Uh, as as a full five piece in the same room, everybody's been practicing individually. Um, so don't get nervous or anything. Like, and I, to me, I'm like those songs I know inside out. I've been and I practice with bitter branches once a week, so I know my throat's fine. Yeah, I was gonna say oh, you're in a good position fun. where you're you're pretty warmed up. Like, oh, yeah. you know, you're you're doing your thing, and the the thing about Dead Guy, I feel like Dead Guy is one of those bands where, and there's a lot of them. I'm thinking about like somebody like Refused or Jawbreaker, where it kind of took on this bigger life once the band was done. So it's going to be pretty awesome to see you know, people that never thought they would see dead guy, you know, getting to see you guys play in this pretty big, I believe it's in Philly. It's a Fillmore. I mean, that's where. Is that big? I don't even know. Yeah, it's big. That's where like I saw. I like, it's pretty big, yeah. Um, you know, and the guy who does, he's doing the documentary, this guy, Bill Saunders from fourth wall media, I think his name is. Um, he brought it to my attention that oh, yeah. Dead Guy, the lineup that recorded Fixation on a Coworker, we never played a show after that. Like that band has never performed post that record coming out. Like oh. we, we split that version of Dead Guy split up before the record even came out. So we never even got a chance as a band to play after that record oh wow yeah so this so, is gonna be this is a, it's a big deal jason like that's kind of cool this is where we saw uh liam gallagher oh okay nice it's that venue okay it's a nice venue but yeah that's it i mean nice. that's so i imagine know, people are gonna just fucking kill each other quite honestly and yes they will yeah I, i'm just gonna <laughs> every motherfucker um and then uh let's see well talking about rev Will Kiss a Goodbye ever do anything else? Maybe Rev 35 next year? Um, you know, I, we are the, what are we? We're the, you know, Blast was on Wishing Well, and it's, you know, um, and it was a, a weird fit. I, I don't know that Rev people care about Kiss a Goodbye, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, I liked it. But huh we I care it. yeah we care well, yeah, we thank care you. but you know and, and we're and brian mcturnan said what did he call us jason did he call us tastemakers he called us tastemakers. <laughs> <laughs> so watch out Kiss not, like, is gonna get so tons we, of streams we played that last rev thing the 25 year thing um and i i don't think people gave a shit as, as much about us as they did about bands i've never heard of that were like named after minor threat songs and stuff 
Um, so that's just who we are on Rev. Like, I feel like we're like Oliver, cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch. Like, we just, you know. Um, so I don't know if we'll play a Rev Fest, but the last time I talked to Keith Hawkins on the phone, he just goes, hey, you know, next year, 25th anniversary of She Loves Me, She Loves Me Not. I'm like, cool. So that's all I can tell you. Uh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. And well, luckily we'll get to do uh, an episode. God, I don't know what number that is, but we will get to do. We're probably uh, in the thirties or forties or something. I don't even know. Because um, um, we're in the, we're in the weird era of Rev right now. Yeah, but it's like a, it's, it's all a while from now. It's like like we're in like the ice burn engine kid. Oh yeah, and, and I'm loving point. it because it's a lot of stuff that I'm appreciating more now than I did at you know, 16 or whatever. And uh, it's stuff that's not like start today's a record I could play in my head front to back, you know, without thinking. So it's right. kind of neat. These other records that I haven't spent as much time with and like diving in. So I'm, I'm excited for the kiss of goodbye yeah. because I, I don't, I don't know that nearly as well. I'll as tell I you know. lots of old man stories too. So that'd be good. Um, I mean, we're at 36, we're at 36 for the next one. Right. And yeah. kiss it goodbye is 58 so it's not oh, it's not as far as i thought it was away from well at the rate right we're now. going <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> a that's a good point i'm gonna be like 60 by the time <laughs> we get to uh so, world be like, free or whatever um yeah. i wanted dead guy to be on revelation because i never even heard of victory records at the time which is the funny thing like they were like this new label and although this is not a dead guy interview or whatever but um, no, so you can it's, it's feel, happening feel free yeah. to open this but um i remember calling jordan i think i called him because it was pre it wasn't email days and i was like yeah you know i'm in this band dead guy and um i've known jordan since day one like i was at i was literally in some records when he walked in with the warzone seven inch right like oh that's literally day fuck? one <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'd have no Jordan since. I worked at Venus Records, so he's always hanging out there. Like, he'd come and we'd just hang out. And he's just a great guy. And we'd talk about comics and G.I. Joe as much as we'd talk about music. Um, but uh, I called and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm in this band Dead Guy. And, you know, we're sort of looking for, you know, a label, that kind of thing. And he basically was like, mm, I don't know. I think I'm going to pass, you know. And then, and then Dead Guy sort of blew up, right? Like, we got sort of popular um while i was still in it and i think he sort of like oh maybe i should have signed dead guy you know and then so that's i think why he signed kissing goodbye you could ask him i don't even know if you'd remember any of this stuff but uh because like that was one of my check the box things was like beyond revelation yeah i literally was there when you know like i just used to just hang out at some records and i remember like i i you know, when I moved to New York, I lived at the Youth of Today house. They were on their first U.S. tour. And so we were doing Boiling Point, and me and my stepbrother and Tom Rockefeller, the Boiling Point guys, we just, like, had free run of their loft apartment in Williamsburg with all their pictures. That's why the Boiling Point issue with Youth of Today has so many fucking killer pictures. Um, but the Gorilla Biscuit 7 inch was going to be on some records, Right, it was going to be put out by some record. Like there was a layout that Alex did of the Gorilla Biscuit Seven Inch with a Some Records logo, and then I think oh, wow. it was going to be a Schism record, and then it ended up being a Revelation record. But uh, yeah, so I was, um, I was knee deep in it back then. Um, but I, 
I have to ask the million dollar question, but we've asked others too. Why is the boiling point? Why aren't those zines in print and available now? Do you not want them to be, or is it? I don't know. I, I, I need a book. That. Yeah, I would love to see that stuff. There's such a body. Well, I mean, to reprint the zines would be easy, I guess. And maybe that's just laziness. I mean, someone could do that. That's fine. I'm more interested. And I, I, I'm literally, those layouts are like right next to me, like the original. Oh, wow. Cut and paste, you know, on graph paper. And they're like falling apart, but they've been they're in the same box they were in 30 years ago. Um, I don't, you know, cause like we've talked about it and like, I think it's one of those things where it's like, um, we get such big ideas about it where I'm like, I want it to be a photo book. Like it's like, you know, and then it's like, who's going to scan all these? Cause I want, I, I, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is a, it's a big it's project for photos, sure. Probably. You know, it's like, it's a ridiculous amount of photos. <laughs> And I'd want to curate them to be amazing. Um, yeah, do it right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I've only seen one. I've only seen one issue of Boiling Point. It's got the, it's the red cover, and that's the only one I've ever seen in person and held in my hand and flipped through. But <laughs> other than that, I think it's stuff that, like, Tim McMahon's familiar with. And uh, maybe, yeah, like... tell a- you more about it than I... So, <laughs> um, the first issue has a Gorilla Biscuits interview that we did at the Anthrax, which all those iconic seven-inch photos are from... That anthrax show where he's mm-hmm. a big bald head, he's wearing the unit pride shirt. Um, we yeah. interviewed we interviewed Siv and Luke, right? Thinking like, well, we're interviewed, we always want to interview the singer because they write the lyrics and stuff. We did not know Walter was like the prince of Gorilla Biscuits, right? Like yeah. The songwriter, the lyricist, the whole thing. So there's 50 issues printed, 50 copies printed of issue one where it's the Siv Luke interview. And Luke's literally like talking about like his love of like Air Jordans. And this is like 1988 or something. Um, and uh, Walter was sort of, I wouldn't say horrified, but he was like, can we redo the interview with me? You know? So there's only 50 of it with Siv and Luke. Oh. <laughs> to have Walter in it to talk about lyrics and band stuff and whatnot. That is great. Dude. Walter rules. We love Walter. Um, so I guess Walter to, 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 to New York, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it is funny because I feel like we have heard that story from other people or that, that he's had people move to New York. Another is Richie. Uh, oh, right. J- Jeremy, we had Jeremy uh, Chatelaine on um, the Into Another. And he said the same thing, like just like talking to him, like she moved to New York. Everybody yeah. was just wanting people to move to New York. But it ended up being you know, a good decision and life-changing for a lot of people. Um, so I guess to close out, since this is a, uh, what do we call it? What do we call this type this of episode, Jason? Is this a revelations? Revelation? Revelations is like, oh, this is something new coming out with yeah. people that were associated with Rev. So Jeff, you don't have anything on Revelation, no. but I want to ask you, do you have a favorite Revelation release? Um. It might be the one that you guys did today. Uh, ignore us. Might be one of it. Might mm. be, because I'm, and I'm going to have a séance tonight. As a matter of fact, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? It's it's that record. Like no, I don't. I mean, potential. Well, I don't know. Either that or 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 um, or, or Sensefield. The last Sensefield record might be it. Um, Bu- building. 
Yeah, that might be it. I mean, yeah, I don't because I, I guess some of the earlier stuff just doesn't stick with me anymore because it's just like, you know, I mean, I kind of I'm not out of that era, you know. I mean, it. I dug. I dug. Start today. I got it on purple. I got it the day the day it came out, but you know, it's not something that really sticks with me like it does with like it does with other people. Honestly, like Tim's record might be one of the, my favorites on there. To be quite honest, because um, that was a is a pretty, pretty much, you know, it was, it was just a, it was a very unique record at the time. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, building was good. I, um, yeah, I don't know. Far, I mean, far side, um, rigged is a pretty fucking killer record. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really oh yeah. The Monroe doctrine is, is awesome too. This, the, the, this, uh, save it from, uh, from shades apart is pretty, yeah. killer. um, I've always loved those guys. I mean, I got, what's the, What's the first record that they did? I forget. The one on Wishing Well. I was going to say, when, when yeah, Tim wow. mentioned Blast, I'm like, Shades Apart yeah, might that. be even more of an outlier than True. Blast. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've always, I've always dug those guys. Um, but yeah, um, but I do, I do love that, that, um, that Into Another record. Actually, Nick from Walleye, he was, he was always, he was talking about, I remember, I'll never forget, Railhead was practicing one day. He's like, you got to listen to this. It was creepy EP. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> and then, but then, but then, when Ignorance came out, I was like, "This is pretty good," you know. So I, I dug it. Um. So yeah. So Tim, your question's going to be a little different. Okay. What's a rev release that you like that you think people would surprise people? I don't know if it would surprise anybody. Um. So I really like Stensfield Killed for Less, and I think that's the best song title of any. I mean, the best record title of any rev release, Killed for Less. Um, I don't know if it would surprise anybody because for me, I'm like, it's those first like six, seven inches. That to me is rev. I was there for that genesis of a record label where I'm like, oh my God, Discord is happening right around me. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know it's, the inside out seven inches, it's, that or Chain of Strength are my favorites. Um, and I don't know if that would surprise anybody. I mean, I ended uh, up. Jason, a, Jason's got a burning chain I do, question. I do. Uh, we'll, we'll, we're going to end on this one because, <laughs> like I said, I really want to have a um, conversation with you about your the photos and art and shirts and all that as like a full deal thing. But uh, Jason, Jason is the chain <laughs> super fan. Chain fuckboy. Fuckboy. That's I'll a, take- <laughs> No, I, lo- I was looking on Discogs and it said that you took a photo that was used in the in the uh, re-release, the discography that came out on Rev. The one thing that still holds true. What photo was it? Uh, there's a photo of them at the Anthrax, and Curtis is wearing the classic Gorilla Biscuits shirt, and I think it's even a little bit tucked into his shorts. <laughs> Because he was a style. I don't know if I should be embarrassed that I'm like, I know the photo he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, even I like, These are all like muscle memory. Um, yeah, anthrax. And that's definitely a boiling point photo. And I think you could probably so you can see Tom Rockefeller in that photo. He's he's got this way, he's in the Gorilla Biscuits seven-inch photo, um, which is also at the anthrax from pretty much the same perspective. And um you can see Tom Rockefeller clear as day, his, his profile is fist in the air. And you can also see, I think it's that picture, me and Jules might be in that shot. 
um, and you can see part of us. <clears throat> um, that's the grill biscuits one. But yeah, the uh, chain of strength stayed with me in Brooklyn. That's how I met them. I lived in Brooklyn in Greenpoint, and a bunch of them like we used to be like one of the places touring bands could stay at. That's how I met like Alan Cage from Quicksand when he was sort of migrating to New York from Long Island or whatever. Like people would just sort of stay with us. My girlfriend, who's now my wife, was super cool about that stuff. Um, and so I, I, we, I think we were unofficial roadies at that Anthrax show. So, and we took pictures at every single show. Right. But the thing is, I don't know if it was me or Dennis or Tom, because what would happen is like, we'd be like, here, take the camera. I'm going to jump in the pit. Oh, okay. And the way we know who took the picture is to sort of look in the pit and go, well, I clearly didn't take that shot because that's me <laughs> right there. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, and the crazy thing is I had this like little point and shoot that would like fit in the cargo pocket of my cutoff cargo shorts, you know, um, that was like perfect for shows. Still have that camera. And now my daughter uses it for art school. It's kind of crazy. That's great. Oh, that rules. Um, Full circle. Yeah, so that's, uh, I mean, I worked on putting, I put out a chain of strength seven inch with those guys on foundation records a long time ago. I was going to ask, yeah. um, if you're a first seven inch guy or a second seven inch guy for chain. Yeah. yeah. To me, I'm like a I'm first seven inch guy. Cause to me, the demo is always better. And that's almost like a demo that's what got me into them. Right. So that's how I feel about all that stuff. Like for me, sick of it all is still that seven inch. Um, yeah, you know, side by side never did anything else, but you know, um, real biscuits for me was that demo, you know what I mean? Um, that's what got me into them, their demo. And then, and then that seven inch, um, start today. I, I watched them recorded a couple, uh, a couple of sessions, but I never really played the record. You can see me. I'm on the cover. That's another little piece of trivia. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think you're, did you take photos in that too? Oh Yeah. I was going to say, I believe I mean, the names. Jeff, in I feel like I'm born Jeff because he's heard all this shit before. Dude. You guys interviewed David Bett, writer. Is that the guy yeah. who designed, yeah, yeah. Who designed it? Um, I'm sure he's a lovely human being, but like the evolution thing is from a t-shirt that I did. The circular GB logo type is from a t-shirt I did. So it's, you know. I feel like Billy in that sense where it's like credit where credit's due that all that shit came from t-shirt art. He, he was just uh, walking up to put it together. It was yeah. the, it was green. The evolution was a green print on a white shirt. So Gorilla, that right? it, it was like, um, and it, this was Tom Rockefeller's idea to do this. Yeah, if you awake? Thing. I'm awake. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll bring it back. I'm going to bring it back, but go ahead. So Tom Rockefeller is one, one third of boiling point. Tom Rock. Um, Who's in the Youth of Today No More video? He's the guy about to eat the hamburger. Oh shit! That's Tom. <laughs> I call him Rock. Everybody. I thought that was I thought that was Dylan, and I was wrong. Nope, that's Rock. Okay. He had the idea. I, I think it was his idea, but I was always the guy who made the graphics. But for and he, I think he took a book out. Of, I think he still has the book that he took out of the library and never gave back. So he copied Evolution, and then we put the demo dude, the caveman that Dylan drew. And we put that at the end. We always thought that was like a funny play on like the evolution of man leading mm -hmm. to Gorilla Biscuits caveman, right? And then I put Gorilla Biscuits like in all lowercase, like Helvetica. Um, and 
it was like Arthur like loved it. Like because it was like so not your typical hardcore band picture t-shirt, you know. I felt like the band was turning a corner and we were sort of turning a corner graphically. Mm-hmm. Um and we we made a bunch of those and but I didn't have the skills to put a record together. Like I didn't have the, the graphical knowledge, right? Because I remember Jordan asking me if I wanted to do the quicksand seven inch and he showed me all these printer specs and I, I couldn't even make sense of it. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck CMYK? Because I was just a kid going to copy shops making, you know, single color t-shirts. For mm-hmm. Like logos I would make with press type or hand, you know, shit like that. So I didn't know any of this layout of record shit. Um, but yeah, so that's, this, that, that's, Dude, we got to get you to come back and we can <laughs> and and let us punish you with these questions because it's just you're a vault of knowledge and it's also one of those things since people since No Escape and Dead Guy are so well known and you as a singer is so well known, I kind of feel like all of the artwork that you've done just kind of goes under the radar. Right. Um so it would be cool to touch base and talk about that. Yeah, stuff. and give a little what do we call give it some called? shine? Give some shine. shine. Let me give some shine also because I was on the Bitter Branches um, Instagram and for the shirt that's going to be available with the seven inch. Jeff, did your daughter do the logo for that? Uh, she actually, yeah. So uh, the, uh, the 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 full length is coming out. She did the logo. Okay, cool. Uh, like a year ago, Tim resurrected it. Um, we decided to use it. Um, and then, yeah, it'll be on a shirt. Probably, I think we're going to do it on a shirt too. Yeah. Yeah. We art directed her. Oh, that's, no, uh, yeah, on, on the pink. Yeah. And on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was the one with the, it's on the shirt. Yeah. When we got the, po- we got the, the, some of the artwork today. So I showed her today and it, she, she's just, she's so stoked. I mean, I was just I like, will. she doesn't even know what Instagram is. And I was like, you're going to be on Instagram. And she's like, Oh, all right. You know, <laughs> And how old, just so people can know? So six and a half. So. Yeah, so it's like it's a fun age when they the way, when they still respect you. Yeah. Well, a funny story about the other one, the two year old. So I'll play the single for her, and she loves it. Like at the test pressings came the other day, and I, I played, it and she just and every time Tim she like in the in the song it's very like it's just some, some like you know some blasts of just like single guttural noises, and she goes. Rah! <laughs> it's it's so fucking great. I've showed my kids like a one-up video, and they just laugh the entire time. That's awesome. Like they're at that age. Like yeah. like I don't like Tim said I don't force them, but like one time I think it was, it was, they there was one upload to YouTube, and I was watching, and they were just like they wouldn't stop laughing. Like yeah, they gonna come it. see you? They should come see I get, you play it. I mean, not probably not the not the late times. night maybe, one. Yeah, maybe if. Something next year. Okay. Yeah. When's the video going to come out that uh, Bitter Branches did? Yes. Yeah. Well, we got it. We <laughs> we got to get some content. We got to get some more content. Okay. It's 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 supposed to it's supposed to be released along with the LP. So uh, September, early October. So you got time. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we got all the live performance stuff done, which was you know sweaty, but it, the, the, yeah, the, it was really repetitive. Yeah, they were better. But the, the 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 Josh did a great job filming it. I mean, the, the stills so far look pretty. It's pretty cool looking. I like to say that if somehow no, like if every show gets canceled, my only live show was seeing you guys play that song <laughs> over and over again. Exactly. <laughs> did, 
It wasn't. It wasn't quite Judge at Trent City Gardens, but it, it <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I, I was going to see if Tim was at the No More video shoot because I've saw I've seen like a VHS video of that, like them playing the same song over and over and over. No, I was not at that. I was okay. supposed to be at the the shoot where they were in the meatpacking district with the all the bad acting, you know. Yeah. Um, but I missed the rendezvous you know, where Ray was picking up people in a van. Um, I like didn't get there in time or something like that. So I, oh, wow. I missed my opportunity for hardcore history there, but I've made up for it. Yeah. Still have your hand in plenty of it. Well guys, thank you so much. Everybody make sure you check out the bitter branches single out today. LP out in the fall shows. We already talked about, Get into it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys.